What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Johnners. So this is a special episode, and uh, last night uh, we had AEW's inaugural show, uh, the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, and uh, what an amazing show it was. Uh, I've got two um, special guests with me today um, from the uh, the Facebook group, and uh, I've got Chris and I've got Ash. So uh, hi, guys. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Great to have you. Hi, John. Thanks for having us. Yes, yep. thanks very much. No, you're very, very welcome. So we'll talk more to Chris and Ash very, very shortly. Just to throw out the usual plugs uh, so you know where to reach out to us on social media. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can. Our handle is at withjohners underscore pod. You can find us on Instagram as well. That's instagram.com forward slash wrestling with Johnners. And of course, we've got the uh, the Facebook group there. Um, and uh, yeah, just go on Facebook and search wrestling with Johnners. Um, of course, you can uh, find us on all popular podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pod been podcast addict anchor stitcher radio youtube uh, literally wherever you get your podcast we are out there and if you're listening on apple itunes please don't forget to give us a five star rating and of course uh, if you are listening to this podcast please don't forget to like subscribe share and shout about wrestling with johnners uh, this is the only podcast you need for all of your weekly nxt nxt uk wwe progress wrestling and now aew updates so spread the word so uh, welcome again to chris and ash and uh, just off air we spoke a little bit about when aew first kind of came around when it was uh, uh, first launched um, at the beginning of january but um, uh, i want to know from you both what, what the launch of aew means to you both individually and how important this promotion is to the wrestling business so ash i'll start with you um you were kind of a massive advocate for AEW and been really looking forward to this event from the off uh, so what what did the launch of AEW mean to you as a wrestling fan um it's a it's a genuine alternative to wwe because obviously you've got impact you've got ring of honor you've got new japan but AEW launched right out of the gate. Yeah, we've got a pay-per-view in the UK. We've got the, the pre-show free in the UK. And they're already talking about a TV show in the UK. And you know, there's there's nothing else like that for us in the UK right now. So, I mean, it, it's massive. It's a game changer. It really is. And Chris, what about yourself? Yeah, a game changer is the, the key term there, I think. It's legitimate competition for the first time uh, since, arguably, WCW. Uh, back in the Monday Night Wars, um, and like Asher referred to, that having a TV deal, having the next kind of couple of pay-per-views already laid out, it just shows how much they've got planned already. And I couldn't be more excited because, don't get me wrong, I am that key audience that Cody was referring to when he talked about a lapsed audience. But I don't want to see WWE go down. I just want to see it get better. And hopefully this can spark that. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree anymore. And I think uh, just wanting that that spark so that WWE does does change, does uh, take notice and does get better. And that's what we all want as, as wrestling fans. We don't want one company to take out another. Uh, we just want it to uh, uh, but kind of improve the product as a whole, really. So let, let's let's start. Uh, I'm assuming that you both watched the, the pre-show on ITV4 before the main show. Um, did you both watch the pre-show? Oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Definitely. So it started with the casino battle royal. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on Ash here. Ash, I'd like you to explain the rules of the casino battle royal in terms of the decks and uh, how it was gonna kind of pan out with uh, uh, groups of five. So just run us through the, the rules if you don't mind. Well, it was a fairly simple, really. Um, the the guys participating drew from a deck. They had been broken down into like five cards each from each group. Yeah. And the ring starts with five guys in, so hearts, for example. And then after that, I think three minutes it was, they randomly chose the next group to come in until you had all 20. And then they revealed the final Joker participant. That's right. Thank you very much. So the first five to start the match was uh, M MJF, uh, Dustin Thomas, Sunny Days, Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. Um, so uh, not too familiar with uh, many of these names to start off with, um, but uh, just to go through um, so, some of the opening segments. So MJF goes after Dustin Thomas. Now, if you're not familiar with Dustin Thomas, uh, I believe that he is a, a um, I, I don't know how you describe it, he hasn't got um, his legs, has he? Uh, so uh, I, I've not really come across Dustin as a wrestler. I uh, wasn't quite sure how he was going to kind of combat in, the, in this match. Um, but uh, MJF goes straight after Dustin Thomas until Brandon Cutler intervenes. Then uh, Michael uh, Nakazawa gets out some baby oil to grease oh. himself up. Um, so, so I'm guessing that this is one of his gimmicks. Uh, so uh, um, here's my thoughts kind of going into the casino battle. After all, I couldn't stop thinking, 
how the baby oil was going to mess up the canvas for the rest of the night. That, that, I, I don't know if it's just the OCD in me, but I couldn't help. That, that was one of my thoughts. And also, how is Dustin Thomas uh, going to get anybody over the top ropes? And both of these questions will be answered during the course of the night. Um, so from those initial five, at three minutes elapsed and then we get uh, Brian Pillman Jr. who I couldn't help but think he looked a lot like Ricky Morton out of the Rock and Roll Express who's <laughs> done something to his look there uh, with a bleached blonde, blonde hair and uh, uh, yep yeah, so he looked very maybe it was uh, um, some sort of homage to Ricky Morton there we also had um, uh, Isaiah Cassidy Jimmy Havoc Joey Janela with uh, Penelope Ford, of course, and uh, the former Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears. Uh, so there was loud 10 chants uh, for Spears as he goes straight after MJF. Uh, then we get the next five, uh, Billy Gunn, Iglesia, Ace Romeo, and the tag team of uh, Private Party. And uh, from here, Nakazawa was the first man to be eliminated. Uh, so the baby oil didn't assist him any, uh, followed by sunny days with Glacier getting eliminated by MJF. Uh, and then we had the next five uh, with uh, Marco Stunt. Sonny Kiss, Tommy Dreamer, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. So uh, here, Tommy Dreamer brings down a, a trash can full of weapons and goes to town on everybody. And then Luchasaurus hits a, uh, a very neat uh, double chokeslam on the tag team of Private Party. Um, so the Joker card, as Ash uh, mentioned earlier, was uh, held by Adam Page. So Adam Page was originally going to be in the AEW world title match against Pac. Uh, that uh, all got uh, blown out of the window when Pac decided that he didn't want to be part of AEW. And they had a bit of a, a blow off contest in Nottingham last week. Uh, but uh, Page's leg is heavily taped up here half after his match with uh, Pac last weekend. Uh, the hangman immediately goes after Joey Janela, who were opponents at All In from last September. Uh, Dustin Thomas does... Uh, eliminate somebody and that somebody was Sean Spears in the surprise of the match um, then uh, there, there's eliminations all over the place at this stage uh, Brandon Cutler eliminates Billy Gunn um, who is then soon to be eliminated himself by MJF Joey Janela gets eliminated by Luchasaurus with a choke stand through the table and Janela seemingly going through the table head first that looked uh, pretty rough on uh, Joey Janela there uh, we then get a 22nd man and that was uh, Orange Cassidy who very quickly gets eliminated by Tommy Dreamer. And the final four is down to Jimmy Havoc, Adam Page, Luchasaurus and MJF. So Luchasaurus eliminates Jimmy Havoc. Uh, Page eliminates Saurus. And uh, with Page thinking that he's the winner, um, only uh, for MJF to sneak back into the ring, MJF goes to eliminate Page over the top rope, thinking uh, that Page is eliminated. Only for Page to hang on, do a flip over the top ropes, smashing MJF with a wicked lariat before disposing of MJF over, over the top rope. And he wins the Casino Battle Royal to go on to face the winner of Jericho and Omega in the number one contenders match at a future AEW championship, uh, a future AEW uh, show. Um, so uh, lots to talk about there um, but uh, a really fun battle royal um, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did um, lots of fun and interesting names that I hadn't come across before this match I think everybody played their part perfectly uh, but Chris I'll start with you uh, what did you think of this uh, casino battle royal? It, it was just so much fun uh, as you said I think that was the thing um, yeah I'm not familiar with at least half the names in the battle royale but that was the fun of it um, it was always kind of like on a video game, you unlock kind of new and hidden characters that you've not maybe played with them before. You get yeah. to learn what their tropes are, what their characters are, maybe some of their finishers. So for me, um, for example, I'd never kind of had the experience of watching Jungle Boy. Fantastic. Uh, Joey Janela, I've recently become familiar with. That chokeslam was wicked. My head <laughs> it really hurt. was. Just thinking <laughs> about that. Um, yeah. yeah, so great fun. Um, you know, Sonny Days did his part as well. I don't know if you saw the kind of build up to it, but, you know, he's a guy, he's a real inspirational story. So it was lovely to see him included. And yeah, the baby all fantastic. And I think back to last night, I think those were the spots that made me laugh. It was great entertainment. I think my only concern perhaps was that if you are watching this for the first time, some of the characters were maybe a little bit kind of wacky for a more mainstream audience. So, you know, that would be my only kind of concern that I would have that fear if a man comes in wearing a kind of dinosaur mask. If you're <laughs> yeah. not too with a product it might have put some people off but not me i loved it tons of fun ash what about yourself yeah, yeah i mean i agree i mean i had initial reservations like the baby oil came out and a jimmy havoc stapling people left right and center <laughs> but um when i when i rewatched it this morning actually like chris says that stuff was just really fun it was really memorable um yeah it was great i was happy that hangman was the 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 joker and mm. that he won it i mean obviously 
they had to kind of quickly flip that around with the pack issues. But I think they did a really good job of it. He came in, like he he cleared house. He looked great. The finish was really good as well. Yeah. Yeah, he really did look great. And uh, yeah, a really good battle royal, um, casino battle royal, that is. Uh, so sticking with the, the pre-show, and we had our first uh, one-on-one match, and it was Kip Sabian from the UK against Sammy uh, Guevara. Or Guevara. Um, this was a fast-paced match with some excellent exchanges between these two. There's a suplex spot where Guevara suplex Sabian over the top rope, managing to hold on to the hold, uh, allowing him to nail a second suplex on the floor on the outside. Then Guevara drapes Sabian over the barriers that ring side before crashing down onto his opponent with a shooting star press from the ring apron that was another holy shit moment uh sabian makes a recovery to hit his finisher for a pinfall victory in a fantastic high flying and hard hitting match between these two um and once again a couple of names that people may not be too familiar with i have seen kip sabian wrestle um at a few events around the uk so i was reasonably familiar with him um they did have a little bit of an angle at uh, the the press conference way in the night before where sammy guevara came out and uh, and um attacked Kip Sabian so a little bit of a storyline thread uh, between those two from the night before uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed this and uh, yeah a, a really good showing from both wrestlers we know a bit more about them now uh, starting with you Ash uh, what, what are your takeaways from this match between Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara I mean yeah like, like you say I, I wasn't really too familiar with either of them I mean I knew who Kip Sabian was I'd seen a few kind of YouTube clips for Guevara uh, but I thought the, the match flowed really, really nicely. I mean, they looked like they'd been paired quite a lot before in the past. Mm. Like it just it felt really natural. There, there weren't any really kind of glaringly obvious mistakes. Um, some great spots, like you mentioned, with the uh, the shooting star off the apron to Sabian draped over the guardrail. Uh, I think Guevara did another really nice one. I know Sabian did another really nice one where he, he faked out for a kick and they did a springboard to the outside, which was really, really nice as well. But um, I thought, all in all, for, for the first match, it kind of did a really good job of showcasing what AEW is all about with kind of young talent that brings something new to the table. Yeah, definitely two names to watch for the future. And, and Chris, what about yourself? What are your takeaways from uh, from these two? Yeah, like you guys, you know, Kip Saban was perhaps the more familiar name to me, um, but the match was incredible. Perhaps this should have gone on first. If you wanted to show the kind of athletic young talent that they were going to promote, um, I would have arguably put this on first. The Yeah, you're right. Definitely a couple of holy shit moments. Uh, the kind of suplex out the ring sequence. I've never seen that in my life. And, you know, that was a common theme, I think, last night for me, at least, for seeing spots that I hadn't seen. Um, definitely kind of put my, you know, made my hands go in my head for a second, like kind of close my eyes, guys. Like, oh my goodness, look at this. Um, fantastic shooting star over the apron. Um, yeah, very smooth. Great to see that young talent there. And, um, you know, as you, you couldn't have put it better. They, they do look like they've been doing that round uh, for a long time. They'll have been paired together naturally. Um, and if they haven't, incredibly good work. Um, so, yeah, very impressive. Very smooth. Definitely. Very technical. Excellent. So then we're on to the main card and uh, uh, you got uh, the, the elite. They come out to the stage uh, to announce that there's a, a sellout audience um, of, of 13,000. But because this is a wrestling business, they're going to round it up to 20,000 because that's what the WWE would do, I'm sure. But uh, 13,000 in attendance here at the MGM Grand. Uh, then we get to rendition of the Star Spangled Banner, We Fireworks uh, and great to hear uh, Jim Ross back on commentary once again. The first match on the main card is uh, SCU, SoCal Uncensored, and that's Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky versus um, OEW Stronghearts. That's uh, Chima, T-Hawk, and Linderman. Um, so the announcers tell us uh, of, a, of a rule change to how tag team wrestling is going to uh, happen in AEW with uh, a 10 count um, in place instead of the usual five count. So uh, wrestlers have uh, 10 seconds to do any double team moves after a tag or to get out of the ring. Um, but uh, um, yes, a 10 count in place instead of the usual five count uh, for AEW matches. Uh, SEU controlled the match in the early going with Kazarian knocking the wind out of Lindemann with a shotgun drop kick into the corner. The Stronghearts soon take control with uh, their blistering pace and double team moves. At one point, Daniels was in like a regal stretch and then he received a double drop kick uh, from the other two members of the Stronghearts for his troubles. Uh, Lindemann nearly gets a three count with an impressive bridging suit. Uh, 
bridge in German suplex, sorry, on Scorpio Sky. And there's so much quick action in this match. We see Daniels with a suicide dive to the outside, uh, a, a, a slingshot cutter from Scorpio Sky, and then a, a slingshot DDT from Frankie Kazarian. Um, SCU finally get the three count with a modified Meltzer driver um, for, from Daniels and Kazarian on to Lindemann. And once again, another excellent opener to this main show uh, with a really strong showing from the strong hearts from OWE. Um, but the uh, the experience and the power of SCU was just too much and uh, an impressive win for SCU. Uh, so uh, Ash, again, um, a, a fantastic match, a really fast paced match. Uh, once again, not too familiar with the OEW's uh, strong hearts, uh, but we definitely were um, by the end of this match. So uh, give us your thoughts on this, Ash. Yeah, you know, I agree. Um, I, I, I didn't know who they were before this. Obviously, SCU, I've watched a lot of Ring of Honor, so I'm very, very familiar with those guys. And I think that they cut a really good promo to begin the match, and the atmosphere in the arena was just insane. I mean, that, that continued throughout the night, to be fair. Um, but, you know, SCU, their typical selves, the, the chemistry is just ridiculous with those guys. Their, their tag team moves... Strong hearts as well. Like, I mean, I, I gather they have teamed together a, a fair bit, um, but they did a really nice sequence that finished with a deadlift German suplex, which I hadn't. It's normally like a standalone move. So seeing a sequence of moves finishing with that was it, it was refreshing. It was impressive. Yeah, and uh, and Chris, um, looks like as Ash just mentioned, SU so smooth, uh, so technical. Looks like so familiar with one another. Um, but uh, I absolutely love this opener. What about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. A big fan of SCU. Uh, shout out to them. Um, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. I you know used to watch them in TNA. Obviously, there was some kind of chemistry back from when they would have met and battled then. Um, Scorpio Sky, I've obviously watched him on kind of being the elite. That's the first time I've genuinely seen him, though, in a match. My goodness, that man, what an athlete. He reminds me of Shelton Benjamin. Um, it was just the elevation on his drop kicks. He looked like a star. Um, he looked like he could kind of, you know, jump to the moon sometimes. He had a real, yeah. real athleticism about him. It, you know, I keep thinking he's the one that stood out to me, but let's not forget about yeah the chemistry there and uh, the promo skills of christopher daniels what an entrance the first of two freddie mercury tributes in the night actually and he's very true yep <laughs> uh, and then yeah i mean not to take anything away from the strong hearts the submission and kind of um drop kick combinations they put together absolutely fantastic but yeah i came away thinking scu if i didn't really love them that's just cemented it for me um in- incredible match really strong stuff looked like stars on both sides and i think again a theme throughout the night taking the more established stars pairing them with the perhaps athletes who are a little less known um it really brings out the best of both sides yeah and unlike uh, the two of you I, I i've not seen an awful lot of scu um but uh, they definitely uh, made a, a believer out of me uh, like i say big fans now now that i've seen that match um but uh, yeah a very impressive opener in fact i think we'll be we'll be kind of um saying that about just about every match as we go through it but uh, a very strong match there uh moving on to match number two in the main card and it was the the three-way uh, women's match and it's a uh, smiley kylie ray versus nyla rose versus dr Britt baker uh, so Kylie Ray is almost like Bailey on steroids, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I don't know uh, who stole whose gimmick, um, but uh, Kylie definitely does it better, in my opinion, after seeing her last night. Uh, then uh, Brandy Rhodes comes out with a mic in hand. Everyone thinks that she's going to enter herself into the match. Uh, and then Brandy says that she, she doesn't want this match to be great. She wants it to be awesome. And then out comes Awesome Kong. Uh, so this match is now officially a fatal four-way. We see a face-off between Nyla Rose and Awesome Kong before Kong kicks Nyla Rose out of the ring. Then uh, squashes both Kylie Ray and Britt Baker. Uh, Britt Baker attempts a dive onto Awesome Kong on the outside, but Kong catches her. Uh, with these, I have to say, uh, Kylie, Ray, Kylie Ray follows this up with a suicide dive through the ropes, taking both Kong and Baker off their feet. Uh, Nyla Rose leaps up to the top turnbuckle, only to be met by Baker and Kylie Ray. But before the two faces could attempt to double superplex on Rose, Awesome Kong takes her place and brings them down with a Tower of Doom powerbomb spot on all three. So that was very impressive. Uh, Kong gets taken out of the match uh, with a super kick from Britt Baker. Um, then Kylie Ray, uh, before uh, being uh, speared into the ring steps by Nyla Rose, uh, taking Kong out of the match there. 
Baker gets a close near fall from a swinging net breaker. Kylie Ray gets another close near fall from a rolling German suplex. But Britt Baker eventually gets the pinfall uh, from a Ushi Guroshi. Um, and and uh, a fantastic match. Just it, it was booked really well. Um, and uh, yeah, I love the, uh, the inclusion of Awesome Kong. It was a big surprise for the, the fans in attendance. Um, I, I think all four of these uh, wrestlers performed absolutely fantastic. And once again, we may not have been familiar with um, certainly Kylie Ray um, or uh, Nyla Rose before this match. Um, but once again, uh, they, they uh, put forward an excellent show in and uh, a really strong match. Um, so, uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on this this fatal four-way women's match? I don't want to spoil the party here, but i got to say, I was a little bit disappointed in this match. I had... okay. Very high hopes for this. Um, don't get me wrong, the, the addition of Awesome Kong, I mean, last time I, I'd seen her was um, as Karma. Uh, yeah. WWE. Uh, I believe she led, uh, left to have a baby, so it was good for her. Uh, but it was great to see her back again. Lovely fake out by Brandy there. Come out in full outfit and everything. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. Um, and um, some of the moves in the match were incredible. You had the def- uh, deadlift kind of suplexes that Smiley Kylie applied. Um, Brit super kicks she must have um, been learning from her <laughs> spouse out of coal. Um, yeah. It was fantastic. Um, and yeah, first time I'm seeing uh, some of those ladies in action. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, perhaps it was the finish. Uh, I, you know, it, they, they got took out early, uh, the two kind of bigger uh, contestants in the match. Perhaps because they still step spot, they didn't quite have the impact it should have done. Maybe the steps were supposed to kind of, you know, WWE style, like be lodged out the way sure. the impact. Um, but yeah, I, I just felt like they were going to come back into the match again later. I didn't feel like that was a strong enough kind of spot to take those big giants out of the match. Um, so for me, yeah, I enjoyed the finishing sequence, but I was surprised when it was the finish. Um, so yeah, for me, just a little bit disappointed in it. Okay. And uh, what about yourself, Ash? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to agree with Chris. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't a bad match. It was the one I was looking forward to the least on the card because um, I didn't particularly enjoy the women's match at All In. Um, but I wasn't familiar with the other two women aside from Britt Baker. Um, but I, I agree with Chris. I think that um, Kong and Nyla Rose got taken out too easily. Uh, I wanted to see more of Nyla Rose because when she was in the match, what she was doing was very impressive. I mean, like seeing her, given her size, practically leap from the ring apron to the turnbuckle was, it was a bit of a wow moment. And then she was kind of gone and she spent a lot of the beginning of the match gone as well. Um, Mm. And then you had, I mean, obviously, again, they're all new and working together for their first show, but the finish, apparently because she's married to um, Adam Cole, it was his finisher she was doing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think she botched it because I didn't recognise it at all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it was his finish, but uh, obviously executed maybe slightly differently. But uh, yeah, let's say we're, we're rolling on. So uh, the next match on the card is uh, Best Friends. So Trent Bretta and Chuck Taylor versus Angelico and Jack Evans. So uh, Ash, I know that you were particularly looking forward to seeing Angelico and Jack Evans teaming up. Um, and of course, those two of uh, a former AAA tag team champions. Uh, so an established team uh, going up against, well, another established team, I suppose. Uh, Beretta and Chuck Taylor have been teaming together um, on, on the Indies for many years now. Uh, just to go through some of the key spots here. So Jack Evans hits a handspring elbow, nailing his opponent before going over the top rope himself, but landing perfectly on his feet on the outside. Uh, Chucky T lands a, a falcon arrow on Evans for a two count. Evans kicks out uh, on two after a DDT and a double foot stomp combo from Taylor and Beretta. Quite an impressive combo there. Uh, Evans takes uh, a lot of punishment in this match, but is able to hit a moonsault off the back of Trent Beretta um, in the ring onto Chucky Taylor um, on the outside. So a, a fantastic spot there from uh, from Evans. The best friends do get the pinfall from uh, I, I don't know how you guys would re- um, explain this move but it's kind of like a, a reversed spike pile driver I suppose um, Or, but uh, I'll, I'll let you guys maybe explain it if it's got a particular name but it's quite an impressive um, move here to finish the match for the best friends. Then 
Angelico and Evans hug it out uh, with Chucky T and Trent before being attacked from uh, a couple of mystery attackers and their minions at the end of this match. So uh, a really good match. Uh, it went about uh, 15 minutes. Uh, lots of fast pace. I mean, as you would expect from these four individuals, um, but uh, particularly impressed with Jack Evans. Uh, Ash, going to start with you because uh, I know that you were raving about this match before it even took place. Um, what are your thoughts on this here? What, what are your highlights? Um, and uh, yeah, what are your takeaways? Yeah, this is definitely one I was looking forward to. Obviously, uh, Angelico in uh, Lucha Underground, some of the stuff he's done there and in, in Mexico in general is just is, is crazy. Like, if you haven't seen that, look up some of his Lucha Underground stuff. And also, big, big fan of the best friends. I love their gimmick. I love the hug. So, it's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, some of the, the, the highlights of the match for me. Um, Jack Evans, like the stuff he does, the, the way he moves around, like, aside from... Phoenix. I just I don't think I've seen anyone move the way that this guy does. It's it's crazy. Um, I particularly liked uh, Chucky T overhead suplexing Evans into the corner onto Angelico, yeah. um, and following that up with the Falcon Arrow that no one kicks out of. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. The um, the sliced bread on the outside as well. Like that was impressive, especially from a guy of Chucky T size. You normally expect to see like Alex Shelley do something like that. Um, and I, I absolutely loved the end because I loved the surprises. I was hoping for surprises for the show. And uh, the, the guys that showed up at the end, uh, Super Smash Brothers, I'm a little bit familiar with them because uh, they um, Young Bucks. And they were like favourite like matches for them. They yeah. were asked who they wanted to do matches with. And they mentioned these guys. So I looked them up a little bit and... And the, the the finisher they did that I don't know the the hook up and then the like the blockbuster off the turnbuckle mm. that was that was something else. Yeah, very impressive. And, and what about yourself, Chris? Uh, looks like I love this match. I know Ash did. What about yourself? Yeah, it was great. Um, it was kind of um, somewhat in the middle of the card, so I thought they had some work to do there, you know, to kind of keep the energy up by this point. Um, but yeah, um, Brett, fantastic stuff. Always loved him. Great gimmick, as you said. The hugs there, hugs at the end. Uh, that was all fun and games, but you know it, it was nothing like that in the match. It was um, some amazing um, moves there, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the finishes. All I've got written down and underlined is sick finisher, and <laughs> because it really was. How do you describe it? What's the name of it? I don't know, but yeah, the way it was described by yourself, John, that's just about right. Um, I didn't know that was the Super Smash Brothers. That's a name I've heard, but they didn't actually refer to them on that. The night, so thanks, Ashley, for coming Apparently, in. Apparently, they weren't allowed to refer to them by name for legal oh. reasons. Oh. I don't know exactly what that is, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So they might be re-kind of packaged, I guess, or at least renamed. Possibly. Um, forward, yeah. Um, uh, I've got no, also not a fan of Angelico's outfit. So <laughs> it, it was, uh, yeah, very, very bright, but it matched the, the offense, a uh, fantastic tandem offense from Evans and Angelico. Um, I also liked a little touch that you don't often see in wrestling where they actually sell the um, offense of themselves. So uh, there was a lovely big knee strike uh, when he ran into Angelico, I think, or Evans in the corner, sorry. Um, and then he actually sold the knee, even though he was the one that struck the blow. He then held his own knee afterwards. Now, whether that legitimately caused him some pain or not i don't know um, but it's nice to see sometimes you know let's say you clobber a guy with a hard right kind of shaking your hand off it's nice to sell the offense as well as you taking it if you know what i mean yeah good spot good yeah, spot yeah. um right moving on so uh this was a, an interesting match um now <laughs> I might need a bit of assistance with uh, pronouncing some of these names but it was it was uh uh <laughs> <Ajikong>. <laughs> So I can pronounce Ajikong. I'm familiar with Ajikong. Uh, Yuka uh, Sakazaki, uh, Ima Sakura, and then you had uh, Akura Shida, Rina, and Ryu Mizunami. So there we go. Uh, okay. That's it. I, I can take a. <laughs> I need a rest after that. But uh, I, I loved this match. It was different to anything else on the card. Um, you, you obviously know what you're going to get with Aja Kong is really stiff strikes, and she was pretty stiff throughout the whole evening. Um, just to go through some of the key spots here, then we'll talk about the match afterwards. So Kong nearly gets a three count uh, from a pile driver. Now, you, you, you mentioned earlier about seeing moves that uh, you haven't seen before. Now, we're all familiar with the pile driver, but we just don't see it anymore because it's kind of outlawed in so many promotions, including the WWE. But it's refreshing to see uh, moves like that brought back at this show. But uh, Kong there with, uh, with a pile driver nearly getting the three counts early on. Uh, the fans really get into the super quick and the hard hitting action of this match. Uh, Kong hits a, a backdrop driver that nearly took the head off of a 
smaller opponent. Uh, Aja Kong then smashes a trash can over the head of one of her opponents. Uh, these girls beat the piss out of each other, let's be honest. Uh, Ima Sakura nearly gets a three count off of an, off of an excellent moonsault. But uh, Akaru Shida gets the pinfall for her team with a running knee uh, on uh, Sakura and the, the babyface team uh, get the hard-fought win. Um, so at, at this point in the evening, this was my match of the night. I just absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved all the action, loved all the characters, loved all the, uh, you know. I followed AJW, which is All Japan Women's, back in the early 90s uh, with uh, uh, Manami Toyota and Bornicano and Aja Kong and so many other big names from that era. And of course, Bornicano and Aja Kong is still going. Uh, Manami Toyota, I think, is still going as well. Um, but I used to love all them shows. And it was like, pay-per-views that would go on for WrestleMania lengths, like four, five, six hours, and sometimes be stretched over days. Um, but this kind of brought it all back for me. And I, and I loved it with the, the, the variation of sizes and techniques and Aja Kong being very dominant. But uh, um, guys, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you. Um, did you, did you like this match? Uh, if so, uh, what, what, what did you like? What are, you, what are your takeaways from this uh, this tag match? Yeah, I thought it really was a good match. Actually, it was it was great to see um, some kind of again ladies I've never been introduced to. Uh, fantastic uh, kind of diversity is the note I've got written down here. Um, intros I really liked because straight away you kind of got an understanding of the characters. Uh, we all know in WWE it was all too familiar to have these divas at the time come out and they were quite generic kind of create a wrestler sometimes unfortunately for them but straight away these characters were established by and a quick shout out to the commentary chain they did a fantastic job mostly due to jr but they did a great job of kind of reminding you who these people are and what their motivations are and how hard they've worked so on that point um i believe rio was only 21 very smooth incredible worker there um and i've just got notes saying they were that they were young you know they were tough and they just went at it and i just can't imagine um, even the kind of UK equivalent and going for that pace for so long uh, with that variety of moves. And Aja Kong, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, WCW she was in at one point. Um, she was. So, yeah, fantastic to see her. Uh, really nice. Um, I, I want to talk a little about the finish. Um, yeah. I wrote down at the time, false finish. I thought that, you know, they yes. had kind of messed it up, but, but then it turned out they didn't. But there was some confusion with the timekeeper, I think, and the music brain perhaps queued up. So, I'd like to hear both your thoughts on that finish, actually. Yeah, Ash, what do you think? Uh, well, my understanding of it is, is basically the timekeeper messed up. Um, he wasn't paying attention. He or she wasn't paying attention, rung the bell, and then the ref's like, no, no, this is, this is still going on. And then I, I've seen like reactions with people saying that they thought that maybe it was a spot or something, but then actually the match just carried on. They ignored it, and then they finished the match. So it looks like it was just a bit of a guff. But yeah, I mean, first show, yeah. you expect that kind of thing to happen. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a shame that we had that uh, little bit of a uh, what appeared to be a, a mess up towards the end there. But uh, it didn't take away too much from the match for me. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And like I say, I, I enjoy um, the, the Japanese women and kind of uh, that, that uh, scene. So um, but yeah, um, another tick in the box for me. Definitely. Right. So the next few matches will be uh, uh, characters and wrestlers that we are more familiar with and we can pronounce their names much easier. Um, but to moving on to Dustin versus Cody. So there's a lot to talk about here, gents. Um, I just want to kind of get your thoughts kind of going into this match. Um, where was your kind of excitement levels? Where, where was your head at regarding Cust uh, Cody versus Dustin? And uh, whether you were excited by it or, or not, too, uh, uh, not too excited by it? Um, Ash, to start with you, kind of where was your mind at before this match regarding, regarding Dustin versus Cody? Uh, surprised myself, to be honest, because I, I couldn't wait for it. And um, Cody cuts a promo like no one else right now like the the videos he's been putting out uh they're just absolutely insane and um seen a little bit of uh dustin on youtube and stuff as well and how hard he's been working towards it uh it just yeah they they set it up perfectly and i could not wait to see it mm, chris yeah indeed the, the promo package the the music i used i believe the song was called shoes um, you know, it reminded me of WWE in a way. It had a kind of played these little vignettes before. It really got me in the mood for it. Um, I love the idea that, you know, we have seen this match before. Of course, in WWE, it wasn't the match we wanted it to be. Neither one of the brothers was actually happy with that match. But I like that Cody kind of, instead of just rehashing brother versus 
brother lent very heavily on the generation versus generation. And I'm sure you saw on his weight belt, um, Attitude Killer uh, was the kind of strap line he had uh, on his weight belt. And um, it kind of reminded of the Legend Killer gimmick that our beloved uh, RKO himself. But yeah. Yeah, fantastic build to that. Um, and yeah, I like that they didn't just lean on brother versus brother, but they made it much bigger than that. Yeah, it really did. So Cody makes his entrance first. Uh, now, I'm sure, I don't know if the cameraman kind of misses the start of Cody's entrance because there was two tunnels. And I don't know if he's looking at the wrong tunnel, but he also seemed to be focusing quite heavily on the throne uh, on the center of the stage. Uh, Brandy then gives Cody a sledgehammer, which Cody uses to break the throne. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the throne was uh, there, there to symbolize the Attitude Era um, and uh, maybe a little bit of a dig at Triple H because it certainly seems uh, very reminiscent to something he's used at WrestleMania before. Um, um, am I right in thinking that it was to symbolise the Attitude Era based on all the uh, promos prior to this match? In my mind, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, Cody gets a huge pop after that. Uh, Dustin then gets introduced as the natural, which is something he's not been introduced as uh, for over 25 years now. Uh, there's loud, this is awesome chants um, and uh, dusty chants from the fans even before the bell rings. Uh, Cody hits a, a tope suicida, uh, which is a move you wouldn't normally see from Cody. Uh, so quite an impressive spot from him. Dustin pulls off a senton off the apron. So once again, uh, another move you wouldn't necessarily associate with Dustin Rhodes there. Dustin sets up Cody across the middle rope uh, for a kick to the nuts. Um, but uh, Cody pulls off one of the turnbuckle pads, which Dustin uh, rushes in, allowing Cody to trip him. And uh, Dustin goes headfirst into the exposed middle turnbuckle. Uh, this busts Dustin Rhodes wide open. Um, Brandy then gets sent to the back after nailing Dustin with the spear on the outside. And we see DDP come down to carry her to the back. Uh, Dustin is, is bleeding uh, a gusher and can barely see due to the amount of blood pouring uh, down his face. Uh, so uh, this, once again, is a sight you don't see nowadays, certainly not in, in WWE, maybe more so on the independence. But so there was an awful lot of uh, blood here. And I was quite worried for, for Dustin and the amount of blood that he was uh, losing. Um, after thrashing Cody with his own belt, Dustin executes a code red for a near fall. Uh, the crowd on their feet for this match and there's loud AEW chants. Dustin follows up with a tremendous superplex from the top and a crossroads for a very close near fall yet again. Cody, uh, Cody gets a two count from a disaster kick and a crossroads of his own. Dustin hits his second crossroads for another near fall. The fans are biting on every move here. They really are into the action. Cody eventually gets the pinnacle victory um, in this awesome match after another crossroads. Um, after the match, Cody gets on the mic to tell Dustin that uh, he has uh, put his name on a contract to wrestle the Young Bucks next month in Jacksonville. And he gets to tag with a partner of his choosing. Uh, Cody says that he doesn't need a partner and he doesn't need a friend. Uh, he needs a brother. And uh, that was one hell of a match and one hell of an ending with Dustin and Cody hugging it out uh, before walking to the back together. So, guys, um, yeah, I probably didn't give the match justice there. But um, give us your thoughts on it. Start with you, Chris. Um, I, I thought that this was a drama personified, a really good story they told in the ring. Some excellent action. Uh, I'd love to know your thoughts. Yeah, there's there's three or four ways to tell a fantastic match and a match of that length. And this was the emotional route. Um, not a dry eye in the house. I admit, you know, I could I could kind of feel myself welling up. Uh, I haven't seen emotion in wrestling like that since probably Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, where he retired him initially. My goodness. Yeah. Um, the, the blood. Um, yeah, it did seem excessive at times, uh, but... Again, it just you can't help feel a little more emotion when you can see kind of what's at stake and the realness of that blood rings, really. Um, absolute credit to Dustin Runnels. Wow, look at him go at his age. Um, I was incredibly impressed. He looks in great shape, but Cody is a star. I do want to talk about the sledgehammer. I was laughing at it. It was fantastic. What a great little kind of moment to have a real FU, you know, to, to Triple H. Um, <laughs> it couldn't have been more kind of directly aimed at him, I think. Um, so a great entrance to go with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, talked a, bit, a little about the midterm buckle being exposed. Um, and then that's a classic gold dust spot. So I love that even though they played the hits, they kind of played some new ones too and they mixed it up. So they kept you guessing. Um, so it was lovely to see all the classic gold dust stuff. But big fan of Cody, he, he should have won, it's the right move. Um, and yeah, hopefully that leads to a fantastic tag match as well. Mm. Ash, uh, what about yourself? Yeah, yeah. Going back to the the sledgehammer was obviously a, a definite uh, kind of middle finger to Triple H. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Uh, which initially I was like, do they really need that just to kind of let mm. the product sell itself? But I've, I've since seen a post-match interview with the Bucks where they said, you know, that's who they are. That's what they do. They're not going to change because they've got a billion-dollar company now. Um, and it's like it's it's fair enough, you know. They said it's not going to be all the time, but when the opportunity presents itself, yes, that's the kind of thing they're going to do because it's just who they are, which is is perfectly fine. Um, Dustin looked incredible, like that physically and just with everything he did. Like I mean, th- that dude was in shape compared to mm. how I've seen him in the past. Um, the uh, the senton was really really good, and the blood like. I've not seen, I don't think I've ever seen anyone other than maybe Ric Flair bleed like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at one point, there's a close-up on Dustin's face, and it, it's literally pouring blood. He's not just bleeding, it's like a tap from his forehead. It was yeah. absolutely insane. Um, I love the finish. I've always been a fan of the Crossroads finisher and, and Cody in general. And the, the emotion at the end of it was like, I mean, I'll, I'll happily admit, I had, I had tears in my eyes. That was... Um, that Dustin didn't know it was going to happen. He was undoing his boots, ready to leave a boot in the ring and hang him up. Cody hadn't told him what was going down. Oh. Um, so like that was all like that was real, and uh, it, I think everyone felt it. it. Was it was amazing? Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, go out of your way to to watch that. It really was one hell of a story they told in the ring last night. Uh, so the show takes a bit of a break so that they can uh, change the ring canvas uh, and get back the turnbuckle pad that was thrown into the fans. Uh, then we get the belt presentation from, uh, uh, of all people, Brett the Hitman Hart. So he's always been uh, uh, heavily associated with the WWE product, uh, apart from the few years he was in WCW, of course, and he uh, carried the belt down to the ring here um, at an AEW event. Uh, so that was a bit of a, a holy shit moment in itself. Uh, Brett says that uh, it's great to be back at a world championship wrestling event. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if he quite uh, uh, was thinking clearly there, but I, I kind of got what he was on about. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, WCW uh, haven't been around for a little while, Brett. Uh, before introducing Adam Page as the winner of the Casino Battle Royale from earlier on, uh, this prompts MJF to come out to cut a, a very entertaining promo on uh, Brett, Adam Page, and the entire crowd. And I, I, I love MJF. I just think he's absolutely yeah. hilarious, considering he's only been in the business a few years. Uh, he really is a revelation. Uh, MJF tells Adam Page to relinqu- relinquish his title shot before Jungle Boy comes out to meet MJF on the ramp. Uh, then Jimmy Havoc comes down to the ring uh, or down to the ramp uh, with uh, MJF being well and truly surrounded. Uh, Brett eventually does show off the AEW world title to the fans. Um, and uh, boy, um, it, it's an impressive looking belt. Uh, only slightly better, I have to say. Only slightly better than the WWE 24-7 belt. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess. So moving on to the next. Uh, do, you, do you want to talk about that segment, gents? Uh, about Bret Hart and kind of Adam Page, MJ, MJF, uh, you got any, any notes on that? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah so sorry, sorry, I should go first. I was going to say, I'll, I'll echo your sentiments about MJF. I think um, he's doing an outstanding job of setting himself up as like a premier heel. And uh, and yeah, and the belt looks absolutely stunning. Yeah, it really does, Chris. Yeah, um, again, MJF fan club. We've formed very quickly here. Um, <laughs> I think we won't be alone there. Just what a heel. It's so young as well. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I think, um, you know, Adam Page, definitely the right choice to kind of go into this this title match. Um, again, not to put him down, I think MJF did so well at establishing who was a classic heel. But I, I, I'm a little concerned that Adam Page hasn't had that moment in AEW. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, people will yeah. know who he is if they're a fan, but who is he as a character in uh, AEW? So, yeah, um, credit to MJF for establishing that straight away heel of the night the heel of the show but yeah that's my only thing about adam page i think he needs to have a little time now just to establish who he is uh, as a face um to kind of counter that um i've just kind of got down adam page you know star face mgf star heel because that's what they're going to be they're going to lead this company i'm sure of it yeah, definitely. Uh, right, moving on to the, the semi-final match of the night, uh, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. So this is for the uh, AAA Tag Team Championships that the Young Bucks uh, won off of the Lucha Brothers uh, a couple of months back now, I believe. So the, the Bucks uh, come out in their Elvis Presley Vegas attire, looking very, very cool. Uh, the uh, opening exchange between Phoenix and Nick Jackson was uh, super hot, culminating in a, um, a, a double drop kick on the outside. 
a uh, bit of a stalemate there. There's a a Casadora into a splash get in a two count there for Penta. Uh, Matt Jackson performed a military press slam on Phoenix, followed by a spear on Penta. Uh, the Bucks are showing showing some signs of ring rust as they collide a couple of times on some of the moves there. Uh, Phoenix performs some amazing rope work here on both both Bucks uh, and had the fans out of their seats with with some of the the rope work that he did. Um, awesome, awesome moves. Matt Jackson performs a trio of Norvalite suplexes on Ray Phoenix and one on Penta. Matt and Nick Jackson apply stereo sharpshooters on Ray and Penta in the middle of the ring. Nick hits a 450 splash on Ray Phoenix, who was draped across the middle rope uh, and gets a two count off of that. The Bucks then hit a super blockbuster powerbomb combo for a very close near fall before all four wrestlers crash to the floor with a series of super kicks and clotheslines. Uh, Penta hits a code red destroyer on Matt on the ring apron before Phoenix hits Nick with uh, another uh, destroyer in the ring and gets to two counts. It's loud, this is awesome chance from that sequence of moves. Uh, there's so much quick action, so many close near falls. The Bucks hit the top rope brainbuster on Phoenix before nailing Penta with a 450 um, and then a, a moonsault combo but they only get a two count for their troubles there's a double foot stomp uh, package pile driver combo for another two count on Penta uh, Penta very nearly wins the match with a pump handle bomb on Nick Jackson but the match eventually comes to an end thanks to a, a Meltzer driver onto Ray Phoenix in one of the best tag matches I've ever witnessed uh, guys, it was a uh, thousand miles per hour from the beginning to the end. And uh, I know, uh, Ash, you've probably seen a lot of these guys in Ring of Honor uh, and elsewhere. And I'm sure the same for yourself, Chris. But uh, I thoroughly love this. I haven't seen an awful lot of Ray Phoenix or, or Penta um, on, on the TV screens, to be honest with you. Um, but, uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you. Um, this was another kind of match of the night for me. What about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've categorically categorically got this down as my match of the night actually um yeah just fantastic great entrances great outfits straight away love the vegas theme the young bucks outfits there with elvis um i I'm, I'm i'm amazed at kind of penta and how much charisma he has considering these guys are under masks it the reaction they got and how they got it was it's just wonderful um both teams you know great storytelling i know the Bucks previously have had criticism in the past when they were younger that they were just spot monkeys with no psychology. Not the case here. They mentioned how you mentioned yourself, John, how the Bucks were rusty at some points, colliding with each other. That played into a longer storyline about how Penta and Phoenix had tagged together more frequently, uh, if not uh, for as long recently. And um, yeah, that was wonderful how that played into it. Code Red Apron Destroyer is the thing I've got underlined here. Another moment where my head was in my hands afterwards because I was just I was just shocked at it. Um, fantastic move. Um, love the match, love the finish. The Bucks that looked, I mean, they're not, you know, despite the name, they're not actually that young, but they move fantastically well. Um, same with Penta and Phoenix. I couldn't get enough of this match. I, the chant was probably fight forever. Uh, I hope <laughs> I hope we get to see these guys go again. No doubt we will. Uh, Ash, uh, what's, your, uh, what's your thoughts on this wonderful match? Yeah, this was my match of the night as well. I think it, it was always going to be. I'm a massive, massive fan of the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Um, like Chris mentioned, selling the ring rust, I thought it was a really, really good angle that they managed to keep up without it looking stupid. It worked really, really well. Uh, I was disappointed that they've been teasing, uh, the Young Bucks have been teasing a new finisher that didn't show up. But I did particularly enjoy the uh, the little nod they threw to the Motor City machine guns with the uh, power bomb sliced mm. right in the corner. That was nice. Um well, I mean, what can you say? Phoenix, I mentioned him earlier. Um, the, the guy is out of this world, like the way he moves around the ropes. Uh, there, were, there was one point in the match towards the end where the Bucks were going for the five-star Meltzer driver and Phoenix interrupted it. But the way the camera was angled, you only see it on the replay that he runs along the rope to take out um, one of the Jackson brothers. And mm. it's just, there's no one else like it in the business right now. It's absolutely insane. I think both of you mentioned the the destroyers, like the the destroyer on the apron, and then the uh, I think it was it he jumped into the ring and landed like a mid air destroyer, like mm-hmm. just yeah. They're, they're, the, this is the best tag team wrestling on the planet right now, and uh, it sets AEW up in a very unique position. Like no yeah. one can compete with these guys. Very true, very true. Um, so if that wasn't enough, uh, we head into our main event. So Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. 
Alpha versus Omega. Um, this is uh, their second match, of course. The first match was from Wrestle Kingdom uh, 2018, so uh, two Wrestle Kingdoms ago. Um, there was uh, an excellent video package to fill us all in on uh, how these two were preparing for this epic match with Jericho doing more MMA training and Omega doing uh, training in the mountains. And Jericho has been practicing his uh, Judas effect back elbow, uh, which he's uh, calling his new finishing move. Uh, Jericho's entrance uh, with all the different incarnations of Jericho from the Lionheart, Y2J, the Book of Jericho, the flashy jacket Jericho, uh, until we get the, the kind of spiky jacket, hat wearing in Judas, uh, Chris Jericho, and uh, I really like the latest reincarnation of uh, Chris Jericho. Jericho uh, really has that gift of being able to reinvent himself and make himself uh, relevant over and over and over again. Uh, Madonna truly has nothing on Chris Jericho. Uh, <laughs> Omega's entrance uh, is always spectacular, as you would expect. But uh, guys, before we get into the, the match itself, uh, I want your kind of take on the the kind of the video package that led us into the entrances and the entrances uh, themselves. Uh, so, uh, Ash, starting with yourself, um, you know, a, a good kind of package before the action even started uh, with the entrances and kind of the preparation. Uh, what should take on on those few bits yeah i mean it, it does a really good job of kind of catching you up on what's been going on if you haven't been watching up until now or just refreshing your memory if you have like uh, the intro for kenny omega finally signing on to AEW, and then jericho kind of interrupting like i'm the man i'm going to take this company forward uh that was that was really good and then uh the entrances i, I did love the nod to all the previous versions of jericho which Apparently, Cody had quite a lot to do with kind of coming up with that concept and working on Jericho, uh, working on it with Jericho. So yeah, I really liked all the the entrance and the build up. And it was good. Yeah, Chris, uh, what's your uh, thoughts on on this uh, the entrances and the opening package? Yeah, great opening package there. Um, really established how high the stakes were for Jericho, having lost their previous match. Um, so yeah, um, Kenny, you know, didn't have so much to prove. But of course, like he said. This is the first impression uh, for a lot of fans watching in AEW, so a lot to prove there. The entrances themselves, I marked out when I saw him in kind of Lion Tamer style, Chris Jericho. Um, and I didn't, honestly, I did think it was him initially. It fooled me good. I'm very <laughs> impressed by that. Then the list of Jericho, yeah, the light of Jericho, finally the Judas Jericho. You mentioned it yourself, Jericho is the Madonna of wrestling. Um, it's hard to believe that at near 50, you know, he, he's still doing this. And um, so much love for Chris Jericho. Uh, truly, yeah, he is uh, the renaissance man of wrestling. Um, so, yeah, in terms of entrances, I also enjoyed, I, I'm not sure, I know Kenny's a big fan of video games and Final Fantasy VII. Was that a Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII outfit? Ash, it was. Go- yeah, it, it was. was. Obviously, his finish is called the One Winged Angel, yeah. which is uh, Sephiroth. So, yeah, it was. What a nice spot. Lovely, lovely stuff. <laughs> there we go. Well, let's get into the match. So uh, Jericho very nearly applies the walls of Jericho after reversing a hurricane runner from Omega uh, before uh, the battle goes to the outside. Uh, Jericho goes uh, gets one of the first two counts of the match from a stiff lariat. Omega appears to be bleeding from the nose, uh, but doesn't let that stop him as he hits a swanton over the top rope right onto Jericho, who at this point uh, brings the table out and uh, brings the table into play. Omega performs a springboard double foot stomp with the table laying across the body of his opponent. So that was pretty stiff. Then Omega drops uh, uh, Jericho with a wicked back suplex off the top turnbuckle for a two count. Jericho attempts a lion salt, which is blocked by Omega, freeing him up to uh, nail a V trigger. Jericho wriggle, wriggles out of the one-winged angel to execute two lion salts for a two-count. Uh, Jericho blocks a tiger driver, then backdrops Omega over the top rope and through the table on the outside. So that was quite an impressive spot, and the table finally met its maker. Uh, Jericho meets a, a diving Omega with a code breaker that very, very nearly wins the match. Jericho turns a V-trigger from Kenny into the walls of Jericho. Jericho then turns uh, the one-winged angel into a DDT, followed by a wicked code breaker, finishing with uh, Jericho's uh, latest finisher, uh, the Judas Effect back elbow, before covering Omega, getting the one, two, three, and the pinfall victory. 
And uh, this was a, a really, really hard-hitting match. I thoroughly enjoyed this main event. Um, I think uh, going into it, well, the, the end of the match, the story that was being told it was uh, Omega not being able to hit his one-winged angel. Uh, and Jericho will face uh, Hangman Page at their next pay-per-view to see who will be the first ever AEW world champion. Um, so, uh, yeah, before we talk about uh, what happened after this match, uh, I'd love to know your thoughts, starting with you, Chris. Um, I I love this match, a fantastic main event, um, and uh, it, it definitely um, equaled, if not better, their Wrestle Kingdom uh, match from a couple of years back. But I'd love to know your thoughts on this match. Very much so, yeah. Omega, massive fan. I'm actually here in my Kenny Omega shirt today. Um, yeah, really, really strong main event, worthy of the main event. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that Jericho won it, but of course, we'll get into perhaps why it wasn't Omega that won that match, uh, I'm sure in a second. Um, but yeah, some of the hard hitting kind of moves in that it was some of the moves were reminiscent of uh, the Wrestle Kingdom match. Um, the foot stomp on the table, like you said, very stiff, very impactful, always impressive and incredibly dangerous. You know, Omega could slip so badly when he hits that. There's no way to land that without kind of, you know, risking yourself. So maximum respect for that. The V trigger counted into the walls of Jericho, which then led into the line tamer. I've got that written down as a particular highlight. Great to see that transition really smooth. And then um, the commentary team made a good point about saying how the Judas effect elbow was kind of held back by Jericho. He didn't tease it. So when it did come into the match, it was a real kind of impactful moment, a real surprise. And sometimes um, the simplest moves are the best because they look the most effective. Everyone knows an elbow to the face will take you down. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm not sure what you guys think of that finish, but I didn't mind it at all. And um, like you said, no one winged angel. The same story they told with Akada back in the day that um, that leads to a inevitable kind of rubber match, I believe. So yeah. great main event. Yeah, I've just got, yeah, Y2J still got it, of course. Um, and then, yeah, um, I'll, I'll wait till we talk about the next bit before I get too excited. Yeah. And Ash, uh, about the match, uh, what are your thoughts on, on this excellent main event? Yeah, I, mean, I, I was a bit apprehensive going into it because uh, I haven't seen their first match Um so I wasn't sure if Jericho would be able to keep up with Kenny. But yeah, he did an absolutely amazing job. Like you say, he he held back the Judas effect nicely. So there's no tease when it came. But bam, there it is. Um, the, the table stuff, like you say, was it was insane. I've seen, I've seen people do a lot of stuff with tables in the past. But like jumping from the, the top rope, double foot stomp on a table with someone underneath it, any number of things could happen. But it, it looked amazing. It was really, really good. And I really liked the change of pace from the previous match where it was it was very, very fast. I mean, these guys, they went for it, but it wasn't all guns blazing all the time. So it was a nice change of pace. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm like Chris. I was hoping that Kenny was going to win, but I imagine we can see why he didn't. Yeah, absolutely. So after the match, Jericho gets on the mic to say that uh, this is not a wrestling company for the fans. This is uh, for him. And now he demands a thank you. Um, but uh, without warning, uh, from out of the crowd, we see John Moxley, uh, the former Dean Ambrose from WWE, of course, um, who uh, gets into the ring, nails Jericho with the dirty deeds. He nails the referee with the dirty deeds. Uh, Moxley uh, then goes for a dirty deeds on Omega. Uh, but the two brawl through the ropes and into the fans and all round uh, the stage eventually nailing Omega with the Dirty Deeds on top of the poker chips which were set up on the stage, giant poker chips uh, before throwing Omega off the stage with like a, I don't know, it's like a, a fireman's carry slam uh, an attitude adjustment or something like that uh, and then the show goes off there, so a really shocking moment, I think that a lot of us were uh, maybe expecting uh, an appearance from uh, from Moxley uh, here, but uh, I think uh, after such a fantastic night and a brilliant main event and uh, the way that uh, uh, Jericho was on the mic demanding a thank you, I don't think we expected it to happen when it did. And when it did, it was a really pleasant surprise. Um, we, we knew, well, I suppose we, we've known for a few weeks now that John Moxley was going to be part of AEW. Uh, this uh, cements that, this clarifies that. Um, but uh, on top of an amazing, amazing night of action, uh, one of the best pay-per-views uh, in many, many years, we get this this fantastic uh, ending with uh, John Moxley um, showing up and pretty much destroying all the wrestlers, in particular Kenny Omega, um, setting up possibly a feud between these two down the line. Uh, so, Ash, uh, what are your thoughts on this closing segment with John Moxley? Uh, I wrote in big capital letters with an exclamation mark underlined Mox. I was just uh, <laughs> it was it was insane. Um, 
I've been wanting for a while to see Dean Ambrose outside of WWE to see what he can really do. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with him because I'm not seeing him pre-WWE. Um, uh, but I also spent the entire night looking at that stack of chips, hoping that it was going <laughs> to get brought into it at some point. Like, that, that's very deliberate. Some, someone's got to do something with that. Uh, but yeah, no, it was amazing. I, I love he just He went in. He just he oozes presence. He took out Jericho. And then I love that rather than just take Kenny out in the ring, Kenny fights back. They brawl around the arena. It, yeah, it was phenomenal. What a, what a great way to finish it. Definitely. And Chris, uh, what are your closing thoughts on this segment with Moxley? A oh, huge, huge fan of uh, the former Dean Ambrose now. Um, it goes back to some of his earlier stuff when he was known as the kind of street dog. Um, it, it's worth checking out some of the original kind of uh, OVW stuff he did when he um, had run-ins with William Regan, of course, famously Mick Foley at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, that was the, the, the kind of, let's call him Moxley, the, the Mox I would have hoped came into WWE and now we might get to see it um fantastic stuff it's just you know not only does he have that kind of stone cold feel to him it's very reminiscent of the way he ran through the ref there one but he also has the promo skills to back it up uh I mean famously one time he said he was going to make Colt Cabana tap out in Morse code which I thought was really good um (laughs) yeah he's he's um a hell of a talent to bring in. They said he was the hottest free agent in the world, and I couldn't really disagree with that. I couldn't think of anyone else at this time that hasn't been signed up now by a big player that would bring such a crossover appeal. Um, he's got a huge fan base already, uh, as you know. So that's only going to bring more eyes to the product. So that, combined with the fact we get to see the kind of real John Moxley now, I couldn't be more excited for Omega versus Moxley. It's a dream match, and I never actually thought that would happen. I thought Kenny would never go to WWE, and rightly so, and I actually thought Dean would be maybe set there for life after his years and years on the indies and struggling, you know, and so it was a genuine surprise to see him leave WWE in the first place, but a pleasant one. So yeah, super hyped for the future. Brilliant. So uh, I just want your, your closing thoughts uh, on the, sh- the show as a whole, but also I kind of want you to, to answer this as far as how does WWE react after such an amazing pay-per-view from AEW? That, do you think Vince McMahon is ever likely to, to be shown this, this event? And do you think he, he'll ever take notice if he does watch any of it? We know that he's renowned for not watching product other than his own. He barely watches NXT by all accounts. Um, but, uh, we, we, you know, What's WWE's move off of this? We know that they've got the, the Fox deal coming in in uh, October for, for SmackDown, and they've uh, got a, a big uh, deal um, that's going to be launching for Raw um, in October as well. So they've got these multi-billion-dollar um, TV deals, and these these companies aren't going to want the, the drop in ratings. We've covered uh, the rating situation on this podcast many times before, um, but essentially the fans wants an improved product from WWE and this is the perfect competition to hopefully initiate uh, that, that change and that kind of uh, that that spark um, but does it mean that WWE need to kind of be more edgy go back to the attitude era um, I don't now to look after that uh, it seems unlikely uh but ash i'm going to start with you i mean how you know, do you think the wwe are going to take notice of this and uh you know if so what do you think the the repercussions are going to be i mean i hope they're going to take notice i mean at the beginning of the year i remember like uh triple h steph shane like they all came out and addressed the fans and talked about you know, ratings are down, that there's going to be big changes ahead. And, I mean, I feel like we haven't seen any of those changes yet. I mean, for me personally, NXT is the best thing that WWE are doing right now. And I've said many times, whoever's in charge, I know obviously Triple H, but everyone behind the scenes for NXT, they're the guys that should be running WWE right now. I mean, they've got incredible talent on the main roster with the likes of AJ Styles, like Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, Braun Strowman is criminally underused or misused. Uh, the Revival should be one of the best tag teams on the planet, but they're just stuck in joke matches and situations week after week. So I hope Vince sees it. I doubt he'll care. I hope they react to it. I can only hope that it damages their ratings so much they have no choice but to take notice and do something because it's great for fans if... AEW being 
good and popular improves WWE. It just means more good wrestling for everybody. Definitely. And uh, Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, competition will always bring out the best in companies. Um, I, I agree exactly. It's going to be interesting when this TV deal comes into place for AEW, the timing of the show. Now, if they're ballsy enough to go up against a Raw or a SmackDown even, um, then, yeah, then they will start to pay attention. It's all about the ratings. Vince won't care, but I think he's going to have to. Uh, we've had, obviously, Ambrose slash Moxley now leave. Luke Harper asked for his request. Sasha Banks, I believe, as well. Maybe a few others. I imagine... People like Cody, you know, he would have been an influential man back in the locker room, back in the day there. And I imagine he's still got a lot of friends over there. So just like in real life, sometimes you see people moving because their friends have moved over to different companies. He needs to be wary, Vince. He doesn't necessarily have to be aware of the product, but he needs to be aware of the viable offer that AEW could give to his own staff. And although they have got the best roster they've ever had in terms of talent, it's never been kind of more boring or like wasted talent to watch. So, you know, here's a place where all these guys can go uh, and kind of really like make an impact. Um, so, yeah, he's going to have to pay attention if more, uh, more and more stars start asking for the request and then maybe even get them granted and leaving. There we go. There we go. Well, well, gents, that's it. Um, thank you so much for uh, offering your, your insight and your thoughts on last night's AEW show. Um, I hope you've enjoyed uh, being part of the uh, the Wrestling With Jonas podcast. Uh, I, I've certainly enjoyed uh, having you on um, and hopefully we'll get you both back on again in the future. But um, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, John. That was great. Uh, you're very welcome. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, please don't forget to hit subscribe and shout about this podcast. Tell your friends and tell your family and keep listening to Wrestling with Jonas for all of your weekly NXT UK, NXT, WWE and now AEW updates. Um, our next episode will drop on Thursday where I'll be joined by uh, Kieran Reed. And uh, Kieran was on the uh, Wrestling with Jonas a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, on Thursday, we'll be covering NXT UK with Tony Storm defending her women's championship against Nina Samuels in that episode, as well as the go-home NXT ahead of next weekend's TakeOver 25 show. Uh, Kieran and I will be providing a, a full preview of the matches uh, announced for TakeOver 25 as well, uh, as well as discussing the latest progress wrestling show, which Kieran is actually attending uh, this evening. And Kieran will be giving us a full rundown of all those matches uh, on Thursday. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed. Uh, don't forget to spread the word and uh, yeah, take care and speak to you all soon. Mm-hmm.